Welcome to episode six of the AFA GenX podcast. My name is Ashley Mahadia, the New South Wales Chair for the GenX Community of Practice and your host for this episode. A big thank you to the AFA for allowing us to host this podcast and to our supporting partner, Advice Intelligence, for powering this episode. In this episode, we speak to Sam Pereira, President of the AFA, and Phil Anderson, CEO of the AFA. We talk about their hopes for the advice world in 2022, and we also learn a little bit more about Sam and Phil. Sam and Phil, welcome to episode six of the AFA GenX podcast. And also congratulations on your recent appointments as president and CEO of the AFA. Thanks, Ash. Good to be with you. Yeah, thanks, Ash, and uh, good to uh, good to join both yourself and Sam. Thank you. I'd like to start today uh, with a personal question. Uh, tell us something the AFA world does not know about you. We'll start with Sam. Right. Well, uh, look, I, I will confess um, I'm a cricket tragic uh, and uh, that's not in, in itself a confession. But uh, what I will say is um, I'm Sri Lankan by heritage. Uh, so, of course, when the Lions are, are touring Australia, I'm a, a closet uh, Sri Lankan supporter. So um, I, I'm happy to confess that to you and uh, your colleagues and uh, my colleagues. So um, in addition to being a, a, a massive Cronulla Sharks fan. So that's me, Ash. Well, we'll take that into account later on. But uh, something <laughs> for me, when, uh, when I was young, when I was at university, I was into competitive windsurfing and, uh, and going to uh, windsurfing championships around the country. Oh, wow. Did you ever think of making a living out of this? Uh, I, I think uh, it was pretty tough to make a living out of windsurfing, but no, I always had a, a genuine career. How can we make 2022 a better year for financial advisors? Well, I think we've come out of 2021, which was a really tough year on, on many fronts, and we go into 2022 a little bit um, a little bit disturbed by uh, what's happening with COVID, but in the financial advice space, it is going to be a cleaner run this year. Uh, advisors probably still have some bedding down to do of the stuff that came out of last year, whether that's for some, it's uh, the annual renewal um, transition year. For others, they're still dealing with the exam and the extension. So there's a little bit of bedding down to do. But I think um, as we work through that, People will have a, a year that is much more stable. There's going to be less reform. It's going to be talking about reform that might happen next. And we actually expect that the reform that happens next is largely going to be good for advice. It's going to look at how we can reduce the cost of advice, how we can make a, a businesses more efficient, how we can make financial advice more accessible and affordable. So I think there's going to be less of that focus on, on reform that adds to complexity and cost. We've also seen in the later part of, um, of last year, in December last year, both the opposition and the government make announcements about uh, education standards. And we still have to work through that process, but that may, uh, may see that there's better recognition for prior learning and experience 
which will be a, a real um, uh, uh, value for those more experienced advisors who are considering whether they choose to stay in advice for a bit longer. So we hope that will help them to make that decision to stay. And I think this all helps to a more positive mindset, more confidence, more enthusiasm about the future of advice. And that's something that we'll be focusing on and, and working and promoting. Yeah, Ash, and, and, and you know, I'm glad Phil, Phil mentioned that. Um, and it's really, to me, uh, is a, you know, uh, being part of the AFA and, and with Phil and along with our board and our leadership team, it, I'd really like to play a leading role in, in ensuring that the sector is focused on the opportunities within the market for our services. Um, Phil used the word positivity. So now this does not mean we're dismissive of the significant challenges that practices and advisors have, have gone through, some of which we'll outline. But um, really, I think, uh, you know, it's incumbent upon the leaders within the sector is to, and to look at focusing on the opportunities. What do I mean by that? In, in, in 2019, ASIC found that, um, you know, four in 10 Australians intended to seek advice um, sometime in the future. Uh, of course, in terms of the advice that we give, we deal with uh, extremely complex subject matter. I mean, there's, there's product side of things, there's tax law, there's superannuation law, et cetera. All of that requires um, experience and education um, and professionals to step in and help clients um, navigate it. I mean, we're sitting on $3.4 trillion worth of superannuation, um, our savings rate in Australia has never been higher. I think we were, you know, close to 20% at the end of Q3 uh, 2021. And of course, Australians are sitting on billions of dollars worth of war chest in savings that'll find its way into the market. Um, you, you know, talk about insurance, the underinsurance gap continues to widen as a result of PYS, PYS, etc. So what that tells me is are there, there are significant opportunities for um, professional financial advisors um, to advise the clients and that opportunity will only continue to grow. Uh, and, and really notwithstanding some of the challenges and we'll cover some of that uh, in your next question, uh, I'd like the sector to focus on the opportunities ahead of us uh, and start to move forward and draw a line in the sand. Thank you. Um, you're right, we, talk, we can't talk about uh, opportunities without talking about challenges. Uh, we'll start with you, Sam. Uh, what do you think would be the, uh, the bigger challenges for the advice world in 2022 and how will the AFA help? Yes, look, it helps, uh, you know, being at the helm of the AFA and being an advisor itself. And, you know, our counterpart Marisa is in a, uh, uh, similar. She's, she's an advisor. So in terms of uh, being empathetic to the, to the plight of advisors, uh, we're sitting in those chairs. So if I was to look at challenges within uh, my practice, I think, and, and most of my colleagues uh, would share share that, is navigating red tape. Obviously, one October, we had a number of different regulatory uh, regimes drop, DDO, breach reporting, annual renewal, et cetera. So people need to get used to that. I think looking at ways of minimising compliance-related costs is, is, is also going to be a challenge because ultimately that cost is borne by consumers, as is accepted by the sector, legislators and, and regulators. Um, some of our, our, our colleagues will struggle with trying to get through the exam um, and, and some might struggle uh, getting their, um, you know, education, uh, um, you know, sorted out whilst they're continuing to practice, run a practice and advise clients, et cetera. Uh, but I think a, a, a big change perhaps and, um, you know, what I suspect is that, um, is that there, there'll need to be some adjustment in business models. 
Uh, and what do I mean by that? Um, you know, advisors and uh, business owners might have to have a look at their operating models. Some might have to merge. Some might have to acquire. Some might have to sell. Um, you know, some might have to walk away from clients that they've traditionally helped. Uh, and, and they may no longer be able to help because of the regulatory hurdles, the compliance costs, uh, et cetera. So it might not be financially feasible for advisors to uh, operate in those markets. Now, these are all tough decisions. Um, doing business the way we've always done business is, is an easy way of continuing, uh, continue, continuing, but it may not necessarily be financially the most prudent um, given that the markets uh, change. So, Look, I think, uh, you know, to me, aside from the compliance and red tape related challenges, that adjustment of the business model is probably a sleeper um, in in there. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah. And look, we've, we always attempt to be a strong voice in the sector in terms of our advocacy work. And no doubt uh, with the CEO, he'll continue to lead our work in that regard. The quality of advice review is at the end of the year. Of course, we will be extremely um, active and engaged in that process uh, and the terms of reference are talking about looking at ways of removing duplication uh, and uh, we'll also have an opportunity to comment on undesirable and unintended consequences as a result of the regulatory regime and uh, the raft of changes that we've seen. Uh, LIF, uh, personally, it's, it, in, in my mind, uh, it was you know, an unmitigated disaster. So the AFA will be Having a lot to say with the uh, uh, about LIF um, and and maintaining and improving the current settings if we eventually get an opportunity to do that, but to me it's really about consumers having choice in terms of how their advisors are remunerated. So we'll be continuing to advocate quite strongly in terms of the challenges that our advisors, uh, our members, uh, and the sector faces uh, by by responding to those reviews. Um, and of course, uh, you know, in terms of our events, uh, we are quite cognizant um, that they're of, of showcasing perhaps some of our, our more uh, successful members and 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 um, how they're navigating some of the changes that I've uh, I've discussed. So some peer-to-peer -peer learning. Uh. I think one point to make is that advisors are not an homogenous group, and we have um, advisors who sit at different ends of different spectrums. You know, we have. Uh, the, the fantastic uh, Gen X community who are, are new to advice and um, uh, and full of enthusiasm. We we have um, more experienced advisors who, who might also be incredibly enthusiastic, but they're at a point where they're considering what they do with their career uh, and when they choose to exit. We've got some who are really well qualified and some who have a lot um, of education still to do. We've got those who are through the, the exam. We're going to have, um, there's probably across Australia, a thousand advisors who got that extension through to the 30th of September, and they have three more chances to get through the exam. So the challenge that, that people face will be different. They'll, uh, they'll all have their own issues. Uh, it could be also that you know, some are, are really time challenged uh, as some are working through uh, other issues, whether that's uh, family or or this year they're going to be challenged by COVID uh, and, and the consequences of that for them personally or their family. So people will suffer a, a lot of challenges this year. There's no doubt about that. But what the AFA has to do is be there to support them. We have to advocate for the advisor um, population right across the spectrum. So we, we've got a, 
consider all the different um, pockets that we have in our in our membership that we are considering all of them in advocating for the right settings, policy settings going forward. We've got to make sure that we put on events that bring people together, that help with that sense of purpose of why they're, why they're an advisor, why they're so passionate about the work they do for their clients. We've got to also look at how we support each other. Now, the AFA provides AFA care as a service, but there's so much more that can be done in just those one-on-one interactions where advisors are looking out for their friends and colleagues and they're there to support them. Um, when they run into rough times, um, uh, that does happen from time to time. Um, one last point to make about challenges that we will inevitably experience this year, the single disciplinary body commences this year. And whilst it only applies to uh, events that happen from the 1st of January 2022 onwards, there are going to be people who find themselves in front of the single disciplinary body over the course of this year. Uh, and we, we have to make sure that they have an understanding of how the mechanism works uh, and they need to have people to talk to when they face that experience. So we've got to be there to help people. We've got to help them with their sense of purpose um, and we've got to advocate the best that we can for policy settings that encourage efficient, profitable financial advice practices and that encourage good consumer outcomes. With the number of financial advisors continually declining, um, how do we push more young people towards a career as a financial advisor? I think there's a number of different elements here. There's um, issues around supply and demand. Um, but at the, at the start of it, we've got to improve the perception of uh, the value of getting into a financial advice um, career. We've got to make people put that at the top of their priority. We've got to make them want to do it. They've got to see the value. They've got to recognise the extent to which the clients of financial advisors very much value their advisor and place them um, above virtually every other professional service provider that they have. They share with their clients information that they simply wouldn't share with others they invite them to participate in major milestones in their lives, whether that's um, birthdays, whether it's uh, other forms of celebration. Um, but ultimately, uh, in some cases, it might be that advisors are there um, at funerals to help the family. Um, clients share with advisors so much, and that's because they value their advisors so much. We've got to make sure that that is understood for those people who are looking to come into advice, that you are a truly respected um, person in the life of your, of your clients. So once we can uh, help to improve that perception of the importance of financial advice and the value of financial advice, then we can start to make a difference. We also need to work at this in, in many different levels. And, you know, I'm talking obviously here with the Gen X community. You guys have relationships with people who will be great advisors. You have a role to play to encourage them to pick that up. Now, we have to 
um, collectively, and I'm, I'm talking about this in, in a broader regulatory sense, make it easier for people to come into financial advice. And I think the government has recognised that with their, their education proposal and particularly the qualification pathway. We've got to make sure the end outcome with that is sensible and we've got to make sure that people who come into advice do have the necessary skills to do it. But I think it will make a difference in, in making it easier um, to come into financial advice. And then most importantly, we've got to make sure that it makes sense for existing financial advice practices to employ people and to complete the professional year. We want to make that um, a, a constructive process, one that delivers value to the practice, one that is also going to obviously deliver great value to the professional year candidates. So we're going to do all, all that we can to enhance the perception of advice, to encourage more people to get into advice and to make it easier for business owners to employ new advisors to start a career in financial advice. And that will hopefully ensure that we have a greater flow of new people in that we very much need to replace those that have already exited and those will who will continue to exit over the next few years. Well, can I start by saying you will get no better advocate for financial advisors and the work that financial advisors do than uh, Phil Anderson. He wholeheartedly uh, believes in the work that the sector and advisors um, do, which is why he is so um, determined in his efforts in the advocacy space and he's such a recognised as, as such a strong voice. But one of the uh, points that Phil made is about um, the sector looking out for one another, and of course, this means that recognising and helping people that are that are struggling. Um, you know, the AFA has got a great community of, of, of people, and and the spirit of service runs deep deep in its veins. Uh, but also, it's about con contributing constructively to the advancement of the sector. Uh, and I think we can all play a role in that uh, by, by talking up the good work we do, as Phil said, by identifying people that might be suited uh, uh, to the sector, but more importantly, talking about the opportunities, um, which, which leads to me being able to answer your question. Uh, how do we push more young people towards a career as a financial advisor? I must uh, be frank with you. There are times over the last few years where I have thought, well, would I be encouraging uh, my own children to enter the sector, given the turmoil that the sector's in, um, the inherent risks involved, uh, et, et cetera. But I, I share uh, my, my, my view is and my current assessment is that the tide is turning uh, as a result of uh, interactions with regulators and the legislators, and, and Phil will share that. We're, we're hearing that from people like ASIC. Um, so essentially, why should people... Uh, you know, consider a career towards a financial, uh, as, as a financial advisor and how, how do we do it? To me, it's about education. Um, it's about education of um, what are the benefits of being, being an advisor. Of course, we make a significant difference in people's lives. Um, I mean, to this audience, it's like telling you how to suck eggs, but you'll, you know, set out about whether, whether it be insurance, whether it's improving people's retirement outcomes, et cetera. There aren't too many other occupations um, from a professional sense that can have such a significant impact on, on the dignity and the lives of other human beings. So we're in quite a privileged uh, position. 
Um, of course, as a result of the market forces, um, and, and I set out in my opening about the opportunities that are there, um, such as you know superannuation, savings rates, ageing population, et cetera. Uh, and because of the supply and demand issues and advisors leaving the sector, I think it lends itself to good financial advisors that are in the sector or consider joining the sector to make an extremely good living if they are good at their job and put the consumer at the centre of everything they do. Um, so you can make a significant difference in people's lives and, of course, you can earn a good living doing that. So why wouldn't you be saying, yes, I will join this sector and why wouldn't they be lining up at universities? Um, of course, the, the other point is, uh, is um, as, as well is that there are a number of different options. I mean, you've got advisors that are insurance specialists, the aged care specialists that specialise in investment, specialise in Gen X, uh, et, et cetera. So there are a myriad of options uh, once you get into the sector to specialise in it. Uh, but I think what holds us back and which and, and the reason I answered um, by using the word education, now I'm not talking about, you know, uh, you know, eight units versus 12 or whatever it is, but I don't know that many Australians really understand, aside from those that get advice, about what financial advisors do. Um, I really think that is a significant challenge. Um, most people know what a lawyer does and 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 a, and, 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 and an accountant and a, and a doctor does. Of course, there are subspecialties involved, but most people get a general sense of sort of what they do. I don't know that they do understand what financial advisors really do. And of course, because there are so many variations of what advisors do as well. Um, I also think there are stigmas attached to financial advice. Now, again, ASIC's work, and, and, and uh, anecdotally, we all know that those of our clients have got no problems with trusting us. Um, they value our advice, they do well as a result of our advice, they keep coming back to seek our advice. Um, so where are the stigmas? The stigmas relate to bad headlines that um, invariably we've had over the last decade, um, you know, certain uh, agendas that are being pushed. Uh, and, and so I, I dare say that there is some stigma still attached to financial uh, advisors. And I think that uh, inhibits our ability to attract more people um, to the sector. So what do I think we need to do? We really need to get out. And I know there's some work uh, being done. The FPA plays a leading role and the AFA is doing some work, uh, especially in places like WA. And I know Victoria is embarking on it as well. It's getting into the universities, perhaps even the high schools, and talking about the career options, talking about why it's such a, 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 a good move to join a, thri a, a sector perhaps that's not thriving now, that will continue to thrive as we move away from the last couple of years of, of the burdens that we've faced. Um, is it the job of the associations? And I want to cover this question because at times I think there's an expectation uh, that we need to be all things to all people and everywhere and why, why aren't we on that particular front? And, and for us, uh, we, we are a small business with a big agenda. Uh, it comes down to priorities. So I, I believe that it is the job of, of, of the, the major professional associations to advance the sector, to encourage more people to join it, uh, have we done as well as we would have intended to do over the last um, few years in, in doing so? No. Um, and that is because we have been distracted. We have been distracted by raft after raft of regulation, which we've had to um, reactively uh, combat uh, for the good of the sector. So I would like it to be a priority uh, for the AFA, and I, I, I have no doubt the other um, major association probably feels that way as well. Whether it will inexplicably form part of our, our work over the course of the next 12 months, I don't know, we've just got a lot on our plate, 
Um, but I really think um, the associations and the participants in the sector need to advance it and talk about the benefits which are making a significant difference in people's lives, being able to earn a fabulous living if you do so and do it well, and the opportunity to sub um, specialise in a subspecialty if um, that's your calling. So yeah, long-winded answer, uh, Ash, but yes. Thank you, and I couldn't agree more. Um, you're a current financial advisor, Sam. What is the one uh, practical item that you think every single practice should implement? Uh, this was a tough one for me because I'm not technically savvy or that we don't um, do anything, uh, you know, unique within our business, etc. And I'm uh, loath to tell my colleagues and, and friends in terms of how to suck eggs, but if I was to consider my uh, my own, uh, you know, a journey of being an advisor in a business over over the last sixteen years, I I've always thought myself as a as a, as a business owner first, and as a financial advisor second. Um, and um, you know, the tiny success that I've had in my practice is uh, is has been attributed to that sort of mindset. Um, and and what does that mean at a practical level? Um, I mean, I'm always looking at my numbers. Um, I'm, I'm gauging uh, the matrix to assess, you know, profitability to make sure um, we're, we're on budget um, because, um, yeah, it is a business at the end of the day. We've got capital invested, as do all advisors that run their practice. Um, and um, my view is if you're not uh, generating a, a return commensurate with the level of risk of, of running a financial advice practice, well, you've got to look at tweaking things, whether it you know, be looking at niches or um, merging or selling, et cetera. So my practical tip, uh, and as I've continued to do uh, over the last week and a half as I've started my year, is, is really relating to planning. Now, it can take many forms and people have business planning and all that sort of stuff. I don't know that it's got to be that sophisticated, but I just think the importance of looking at your business metrics and ensuring uh, that um, you're scrutinising it. Uh, I mean, we're financial advisors at the end of the day. We advise our clients about these sorts of things, risks, returns and profitability, et cetera. So if we're not doing it for ourselves and and doing it with an open frame of mind um, to take into account the changing circumstances, um, the, the market forces, et cetera, I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice. So I submit that that's um, probably the only practical tip I can um, I can give you. Um, it's helped me over the last 15 or 16 years. One of the things that I've heard in the last uh, year or two is advisors who, who say they've lost their mojo, they've, they've lost their sense of passion for what they do, or it's no longer um, the, the same fun that it used to be. They don't enjoy it as much. And it's interesting when you delve into that, it's often the answer is they're spending a lot more time doing uh, compliance and back office activity. They're not spending as much time in front of clients where they get their energy. And it's really important, I think, that advisors are looking at where they are spending their time and they're thinking about um, do I have the right support resources in place? Do, do I have people here to help me to do those things that I don't enjoy doing? Can I do it more efficiently? What can I do to reorganise to make sure that I'm spending as much time as I possibly can in front of clients? 
what can I do to make sure that I'm doing things that give me energy rather than drain energy? So my, my feedback is um, use the resources, go out there, appoint resources, um, whether it's outsourcing or, or staff, make sure you've got the right people doing the right jobs so that you're all specialising or you're all focusing on where you add the most value um, yes, you've got to make sure your, your business complies, but you've also got to make sure that you're doing the stuff that generates the most value and you've also got to be thinking about doing what you enjoy doing. Sam, your final words to the Genex community. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I think uh, it's an interesting uh, question, but... I think uh, success is assured. Um, I think success is absolutely assured uh, for you and your professional career um, if you uh, do the right thing by your clients and serve your clients as well as I'm sure you will do. Um, We have been going through a very difficult time, uh, but I sincerely believe that as a sector, we are starting to turn the corner and there are plenty of opportunities. So um, stick at it. Uh, I think you'll be... uh, fabulous advisors um, you'll do the sector proud you'll continue to um, you know carry the torch forward and will evolve and um, you know we will be in 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 high high demand and, and we'll have fabulous um, careers uh, and and if I can dovetail another uh, and and because I'm talking about genexters and I'm casting my mind back to when I was you know 26 or whatever it was when I joined the sector mentors played a significant um, uh, part of my uh, formative years uh, in the sector. Um, and I know sort of almost a cliche, if I join the industry, find a mentor, et cetera, I still find is that I'm drawn to people uh, far more successful than me in order to learn uh, about what's working and, and, and what's not. You know, there are places like AFA events, places like MDRT, other sectors. I mean, you know, go to FBA events, meet different people. Um, but... Um, you know, continue to find people that um, are shooting the lights out and there are plenty of them in our sector and plenty of them that I will willingly share. So I think it's, um, uh, I would commend to you to um, do that in terms of finding a mentor or um, looking at ways of expanding your your horizons. But um, yes, that's, that's me. Thanks, Ash. Right. Thanks, Ash. I, I think uh, the, the basic premise is that Gen X, the newer advisors are the future of advice and we all have to do as much as we can to support them and to encourage them um, to take on financial advice as a, as a lifelong career. Uh, so, yeah, very supportive of the Gen X community and uh, the role that it plays in, in attractive and cementing that, uh, that passion for advice. Uh, I think Sam makes a really good point about mentors. Um, I know uh, that that Sam has had some very influential people involved in his career, and and I think that's a that's a lesson for all of us that you you've got to go looking for mentors and you've got to invest in them. the uh, The value is is quite substantial. That you know, it having the ability to bounce things off someone. And you might have different mentors that you bounce different things off. So I fully support that. Um, I, I think um, the other thing about, uh, about Gen X is the clients 
passion for advice and their need for advice has to be the symbol for all of us that this is why advice is so important. There are so many people out there who can gain so much from financial advice. And, and as um, new advisors build those relationships, many of those relationships will be ones that they hold for, for many, many years. You will gain so much from what you do. Um, you just need to make sure that you're setting yourself up properly. You, you've got a, a business model that works. You've worked out what you want to specialise in. Um, you remain flexible when things go against you. Um, and, and most of all, you always ha have at the top of your mind the fact that you need to be at the best of your game. So you've got to look after yourself. You've got to know when you're, you're struggling. You've got to look out for help when you need help. Um, but the future looks very bright, so have the very best crack you can at it. Thank you. And on behalf of the Genex community, I'd like to thank you for giving us the opportunity to host this podcast. I think, once again, the AFA uh, leads the way in giving young people uh, a voice and an opportunity to lead. I really appreciate your time on the podcast today. Thanks, Ash, and uh, congratulations on, on, on you leading this initiative with these podcasts. I'm sure they're much uh, valued by your um, yeah, GenX uh, colleagues, and uh, thanks. appreciate uh, the opportunity. Fantastic. Thanks, Ash. I agree. We hope that you've enjoyed episode six of the AFA GenX podcast. Massive shout out to Sam and Phil for their time. Thanks again to the AFA and Advice Intelligence. Happy New Year and see you soon.